0: Hey, I'm Neve Ennis, transformation coach and host of your Tough Love Energy podcast. I work with women just like you who want greater clarity on where they are going in life. Together, we restore your confidence, we rebuild better boundaries, and we reconnect you with who you are deep inside. Using mindset, spirituality, and pure practical advice, I guide you and I equip you with all that you're going to need to bring about change in your life. We get you to that place to believe, to see, not only that change is possible, but that it is entirely possible for you. What you're changing doesn't matter. What matters most is that you give yourself permission to do just that. So, without further ado, let's jump right into this week's episode of Tough Love Energy. Hi there, and welcome to episode nine of my Tough Love Energy podcast. Now, normally when I am preparing a podcast, I I have a a list of topics and themes that I know you want to hear because um, many of you have been good enough to submit topics that you'd like to hear me cover in the podcast. Plus, I have my own personal favorites, things that I know from my clients and from the work that I do that people that there are some themes and topics that people want to hear covered when I you know when I go through the list then what I also do in advance of each podcast then is I sit down and I map out what am I going to say what's the tough love energy uh, element and um, are there any little anecdotes or any little things I need to add into it and I kind of map them out so that I have a, a one pager with bullet points in front of me and that really keeps me on track now Today, for reasons that will uh, hopefully become apparent, I am throwing that, all of that out the window. I literally, I'd say about five minutes before I'm uh, recording this, decided, okay, do you know what? This is what the topic is going to be this week. And I'm just going to go at it myself. Now, the topic itself is based on my personal experience of what i believe was my responding or my response to my calling even as i'm saying that i know that there'll be some people listening and and again this is totally me projecting my thoughts onto other people particularly people that would know me well, I am thinking that they'll be going, what is she talking about? A calling. Good heavens, she has lost it. Um, now, I'm not saying that they're they're totally wrong and maybe I have lost it. But today, when I was actually for the last couple of days, I've been writing on the topic of my calling. As part of my book, some of you may already know that I am in the throes of uh, writing a book about change, transformation and tough flow of energy. And so this morning I was kind of coming to the end of, of talking about or writing about my calling. So I just thought, do you know what? This would be a good topic for me to share with all of you now. The best place for me to start is to say that, you know, I have carried with me a knowing, which I now know is a belief, or I now know it to be a belief, that each of us have a calling. And when I talk about a calling, I'm not talking about a predetermined um, fact or that it is predetermined destiny or fate about what, you know, about something that we have no say over, I'm talking about our purpose um, and our actual reason for being here. The part of us where this lives, the part of us where our purpose, our reason for being here lives is our soul. And every gentle nudge or inkling or whisper or sign that comes from that place that comes from our soul comes from inside us at different stages of our lives we have events and experiences all that come to put us sometimes to put us back on our path and sometimes even to derail us from the path that we're on you might also recognize it as you know that feeling when you meet somebody and you feel very drawn to them or you feel that there's like a very instant connection And you can feel that around people. You can feel that around places or happenings or experiences. But that's your soul steering you to there, to that point, to that place, to that person, to that experience. Mostly our soul speaks to us in in inaudible ways. We're not always very clear that it is our soul speaking or we're not always very clear as to what it is saying. But if we ignore it repeatedly, it will definitely and eventually make its presence known to us. You know, that feeling that, that we often put down to our instinct or intuition or I just have a bad feeling about this or I actually have a really good feeling about this. That's your soul speaking to you. And I I believe that there seems to be this like very common uh, perception or common misunderstanding that our soul is connected only to that religious part of us um, because, you you know, it's where we first hear about the soul is in whatever religion that you were taught or whatever religion you have studied, you'll hear talk about soul. So the imprint of that or the impact of hearing about your soul in that context lives on with us. But I want you for the, you know, the remainder of this podcast to think about your soul with a much more open mind, to come at it from a much more open space. The soul has this way of communicating with us and at different times and at different stages of our lives, we're more open to hearing it. But I think the important thing there is to remember that it will always make sure it's heard. It must be heard. It must be heard so that it can show us what is in our best interest or what is for our highest good. Now, I've missed many of the signs that my soul ha- have sent me over the years and um, times I was distracted, times I was too busy, times I was avoiding and times when I, you know, when I didn't hear what my soul was saying because I just didn't trust myself enough to trust what my soul was telling me. And growing up, I was always um, taught or I had always learned that responding to a calling must mean that you were going to end up being a priest or a nun. Um, Now, You might uh, be interested to hear that I myself even flirted with the idea of being a nun as a teenager. I genuinely did. But quite seriously, I could never I, I think it was like at around 14, 15 years of age that I was thinking about it. And just for me, and this is purely personally, um, I couldn't reconcile the promise that I had made to myself, you know, at that stage of my life, that I was never going to allow myself feel restricted again or constricted. And so the idea of me immersing myself into an order, into such rigid, uh, strict rules and routine, I just knew it wasn't an option. But much later and many years later, I began to realize that I could and in fact, not only that I could, but that I should respond to my calling in lots of other ways or or by considering lots of other ways of doing it, of of listening to the calling and of answering to it. And some of you may remember I've mentioned it before that, you know, I I think I mentioned it in the context of journaling and knowing that I've journaled since I was six years of age and that that, you know, I have very few, not Uh, Again, not unlike, I think, most of us, but I have very few uh, visual memories and visual images of my childhood. But one of them is of me at six years of age with the first Holy Communion prayer book that my mother had given me a little bit earlier. um, That it was a few months before I was due to make my first Holy Communion. And I remember sitting in my childhood bed at home, aged six with a pen in my hand, the prayer book in the other hand and thinking, oh, I'm not sure that the wording on that prayer is quite what it should be. Or I'm not sure that that's saying it exactly as they should say it. And finding myself writing over, rewriting the prayers in essence, which, by the way, my mother killed me over um, because I think it was considered blasphemy at the stage. But for me, that was, I suppose, the memory of that is that that was my first real remembrance of writing, of journaling, of connecting with that part of my my being. And that little six year old who rewrote some of the verses in her new prayer book was actually receiving her calling there. And then she was being told to write, to connect her heart and soul with her pen and just write. Now, I've never been ashamed of my writing, but I even back then, I had this very strong sense that nobody else would understand my words or even the feelings behind them. And so I buried that part of me. I hid it and You know, I'll be honest and say that it was also my guilty pleasure. I used to really enjoy having this one thing that was just mine, that nobody knew about, nobody got to see that that it was really it felt very much like a secret between me and my creator or the universe or whoever it was that I was writing to in these prayers in my journal. Um, And that that connection felt very private and very special and very precious but I still hate it. I hate it because I, you know, I was afraid of of maybe of what other people would think. I genuinely like and I can still remember that feeling, even as I'm saying it here. I remember the excitement I used to feel when it would get to about six or seven o'clock in the evening. And I'd be thinking in a few hours time, I'd be upstairs in my bed writing. And it really is such a beautiful memory for me. Um, And as I say, I'm feeling it even now as I'm talking about it here. But it serves as the reminder that when we are called home, a light gets lit inside us. And throughout those early years, you know, I didn't just feel the need to be private, I also yearned for dramatic life experiences that would qualify me to write, that would almost um, give me the authority to be able to write wise words that other people might want to hear. And that was what my writing was about at the time. It was about, you know, writing things so that other people would benefit. It, It was writing to help other people. It was to give my advice, my guidance. Remember, I was six, but that was what my intention was at the time. And and then, you know, as I got older and and obviously even into my early teenage years, I, I started to recognize that I needed material. I needed something to be able to write about. And I yearned, as I said, I yearned for those dramatic life experiences that would qualify me to inspire others through my words. I had none, but I lived in hope. Now, listen to that again. Can you see how crazy that was and is? Here was me yearning, yearning for dramatic life experiences, just so I would feel qualified enough to inspire other people through my written word. I hid my gift because I didn't feel that I had suffered enough to speak of suffering to other people. And if ever there was proof that my manifestation game is strong, there you have it. I asked for dramatic life experiences. And yes, plural, I asked for more than one and more than once. And you know what? They came one after another, loss after loss, death after death, until I was quite literally the only one left standing. If I was looking for evidence that I had been heard, I got it. If I was looking for dramatic life experiences, well, I had them too. And yet the interesting thing and the reason why I'm sharing this now is that when I was ready to heal, when I had processed the grief and, uh, you know, we are talking years later, we're not talking months, we're talking years later. When I was, when I, what, oh, God, how do I even phrase this somewhat sensitively? But, you know, I, I suppose the best ways when I was ready to heal, when I had processed the grief, when I was done wallowing in my own sympathy, feeling sorry for myself, when I opened myself up to wondering what can I do next? What's going to happen to me next? I began to feel and hear that calling again. And that calling, if I was to put words on it, it was saying something like, you know, you asked to feel qualified. You are now you wanted to to write. You wanted to create. You wanted to inspire. Now go and do it. And when I was on the path or on the, you know, Uh, rabbit ear quotes uh, the journey when I started working with my my first business coach which I I think was early 2017 uh, she had asked me you know quite rightly what was my mission statement and my answer was was swift because I had seen this quote and it had really resonated with me and the quote basically was I want to inspire people I want someone to look at me and say because of you I didn't give up I had seen that quote in a meme on social media and I just thought oh god I love that that just those words land with me I want to inspire people I want someone to look at me and say because of you I didn't give up. And I can see now that that wasn't anything to do with my mission or my strategy or my business plan, but it was everything to do with my calling and my purpose. And these words, which, you know, really did touch me deeply, but they touched me deeply because I knew I couldn't continue to ignore them. This was the sign. This was the soul whisper. This was the nudge. And I believe so strongly that I have lived this life so far because there's I'm only halfway through it that I have lived this life so far for that reason all the experiences have been mine so that I would then write about them share them in order for others to feel less alone i believe that my calling is to show other people that when you're truly ready that you can and 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 really If I could really put something very strongly and firmly in bold, it would be that. When you are truly ready, you have to be ready. When you are truly ready, I want to be able to show you that you can make changes that will impact your future in spite of anything that has happened in your past. I want to be able to inspire transformation, big or small, but always at the deepest level possible. And I will continue to do this through my words, whether it's by making podcasts like this or whether it's writing, writing on social media, writing, um, writing books, whatever I write, whatever I create, that that's the intention behind it. I want to inspire the transformation, big or small, but always at the deepest level possible. I've made mistakes along the way. My God, I've made so many mistakes, but I have never, ever felt that it was a mistake to listen to this calling once I started listening to this calling. I didn't ever expect that it would be easy and truly it hasn't been. There's been times when I really, um, oh, God, I've battled and, and continue to battle so much with what will this sound like? What will people think? And, and even if you think of back to the introduction, it's exactly why I said to you that. I hadn't planned to do this uh, podcast on this theme. And I reckon that the reason that 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 has happened or it has happened like this is because if I had planned, if I had said, right, next week, that's what the topic is going to be. It's about my calling. I think that there's every chance I would have chickened out of it. But I know I've had no option to do that this time around. And as soon as I'm finished, I'm going to send this off so that it gets edited uh, straight away. But but. What I'm saying here is that, you know, it hasn't been easy. It it requires a lot of grit, a lot of courage. Um, and and the parts that I've struggled with is like, oh, it's the cringe part. It's like. Oh, my God, what will people think? And then you also struggle with, the God, who am I to be saying to people? um, Oh, this is, you know, this is how I think you can improve your life. You should change your life. You know, none of that, of course, is what I'm saying to anyone. But all I want to be able to do is to use my personal experiences to make them matter, to make sense of them by helping other people who might be going through what I went through or something similar and are feeling quite alone. I have felt very lonely at times, at times when I, you know, would have the family around me, when I would have beautiful friends around me. You know, they're probably the times when I would have experienced greatest loneliness because I understood and I still understand that not everyone is like me or that everyone will understand me or even what I'm saying. I'm sure there are some of you listening going, yeah, that sounds lovely, but I really haven't a clue what she's talking about Um, But but I can see and I saw very clearly that in staying silent, I was abandoning, I suppose, that radiant, that bright, that luminous part of me by being who I believed other people wanted me to be or other people needed me to be. I'm not saying that I'm comfortable sharing my experiences all of the time. And obviously, I only share the the aspects and perspectives of those experiences that are mine. I will only ever share my stories. There are some stories and some experiences I've lived through that are not my story to tell. But these are my stories. And I can see that by sharing them. If they make somebody feel less alone, if they make somebody feel hurt, if they if they help somebody feel that they don't need to fit in, if they help somebody realize that in comparing themselves, they're abandoning themselves. If it helps, if anything I say by sharing those personal experiences helps somebody else, well, then that's me responding to my calling. And my name, my very name would not allow me to be anything different. And that's the reality that when I chose to step up and to shed who I was, I was finally or am finally stepping in to who I have been and was all along. So you know, the name Neve, which is my name. And, it you know, that's an Irish pronunciation because the name is derived from an old Irish uh, uh, writing and an old Irish word, Neve. But it's also an Irish feminine name that's given uh, that means bright or radiant. And it was originally a term for a goddess. Now, in Irish myth, anyone you know who was named Neve was named Neve of the golden hair because it was in in Irish folklore she was the daughter of the sea god who fell in love with Fionn's son Oisín and took him to the land of promise or Tirnanog which is also the land uh, called the land of youth where they stayed for 300 years and I love that, and I always love that that um, definition and that story around my name. And I always felt a real—I can't say, you know, as teenagers, it, there's always a thing about do you like your name or don't you? I've definitely felt I've grown into my name, and I definitely felt I resonated with my name, and because it was, it, uh, you know, I knew it was Neve of the Golden Hair, um, and because I'm not blonde and I'm not dark brown, I am some in the middle with the the golden part of it, I always felt that there was a real connection with that name. But the connection here for this purpose is about being bright, being radiant, not dimming your light. And for me, that means answering my calling and talking about it. And I believe, as I've said, that I came into this life with a purpose and with a reason as to why I'm here and why it had to be now. But I also believe that we all have. I know that this feeling of isolation and being separate, uh, you know, I know now that 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 me feeling isolated and being separate could only have been answered by me answering my calling. I'm not the girl who bad things happen to. I'm the girl who has experienced difficult things. And in sharing them, I might help others and inspire others to transform their lives also. I know now for sure that all of the things I share that everything I teach everything I talk about even you know even those topics like this one that doesn't feel 100% comfortable but I know that all of these things I teach, I am teaching them because they're what I need to learn most. And I believe that honestly, within each of us, we have that fighting spirit, whether we call it resilience or whether we call it our warrior self, but we possess a very strong will to keep going, even when things feel hard. I feel strongly now that you know, now at this stage of my life that I needed to find my own way home first, you know, that I needed to go down this path to make these discoveries, to learn about myself more, to love myself more. Because, I, you know, I know that it is only in loving myself that I can teach others how to love me. But I also know that I needed to do this so that I would then be able and ready to courageously unapologetically and fearlessly inspire you and others to do exactly the same and maybe I think maybe I'll just wrap this up now Um, and a good way to wrap it up and a good way to talk about calling. um, There's a quote that that comes to mind, uh, and it's one that I use a lot by Ram Dass. um, And it's we're all just walking each other home. And I just I think there's something so beautiful about that image that, you know, as we meet different people along the way, they keep us company because we're all just walking each other home. And that's the truth of it. we're all looking for new directions we're all looking for new pathways we're all looking for new travel companions so if you can help somebody even for a small part of their journey then do it and if it means thinking about considering what is your calling then do that too and that's your tough love energy homework is have a think what is my calling what do i believe my purpose to be what lights me up Because whatever lights you up, that's your purpose. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. It was an unusual one. It felt like an unusual one to do. I hope um, you found it a bit useful. I hope you found it a little bit inspiring. And I'd love to hear what your takeaways from it were. So do come and find me on Instagram. Um, my handle there is one, the number one, Neve Ennis. Um, let me know how this podcast is helping you, how this episode is helping you. And, uh, and also, every week I will remind you that if you haven't subscribed yet, please do, because it'll also mean you won't miss an episode and it'll also help in terms of making sure that this podcast gets heard by more people. So thank you for listening. Thank you for allowing me the space to be able to share um, this topic, which started off maybe not feeling so comfortable, but I'm really glad that I did. So have a great couple of weeks and I will chat to you soon. So thank you so much for joining me for today's Tough Love Energy podcast. I really hope that you found it useful. I would absolutely love to know and to hear what your takeaways were from this episode and all the other episodes as well. So come and find me on Instagram. My handle there is at one Niamh Ennis or on nevenis.com. Let me know how it's helping you get tougher with yourself on going after what you want, what you desire, what you need. And also let me know how it's helping you be gentler when you get there. I'd also love if you went over and subscribed to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Not from an ego perspective, I promise you. But if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave me a five-star review, what this means is that more people will get to hear it. So I'll be able to get this podcast, and all my other podcasts in front of the people who really need to hear it. Also, just to let you know that I've developed a quiz just for you that's going to help you identify which kind of people-pleasing type you are. Now, knowing this or having this information is really useful. I believe that... understanding our people-pleasing tendencies is at the core to helping us remove some of the things that are blocking us or getting in our way. So once you know what your people-pleasing type is, it's very helpful because it teaches you how to get past it, how to manage it. And I'll also be giving you some tools and guidance and mantras and affirmations to do just that. So I'll put the link in the show notes below here, but you'll also find it on nevenis.com, forward slash quiz. Thank you and speak to you soon.